Ladies and gentlemen's and <laughs> ladies and gentlemen's, that's a new thing now. Nerds and geeks, welcome back. Today we're doing DMing 101. I'm your host. Just kidding. Uh, it's me, Carl. And I will be asking Alec <laughs> an awful lot of questions because he's really good at DMing and you need to learn from him, as do I. Uh I don't know about that. Like, I, I'm okay at this. But <laughs> I know about that. Trust me, I am I am the impartial observer. I got to sit at your table once every week for like eight months of my life and partake of the bounteous goodness. Oh my gosh, I miss that pirate campaign so much. <laughs> yes. Like, I'll just be sitting talking with my wife or talking with David and we'll just, we'll just hash out about the pirate campaign i just oh my gosh oh i miss it pirates of the N dungeons and dragons and that was hard crap that was really difficult to pull off both rules wise and storytelling wise you did, did a great job i think we'll probably end up referencing it uh, a few more times in this but <laughs> do you want to go in and go in and get into the questions um yes actually but uh one thing that i just thought about carl i uh, just want to talk to the audience real quick you guys anyone who's listening out there as you can tell we're changing things up a little bit with our style we're doing more of an interview style to help keep us kind of on track one thing that we've noticed especially with me is i tend to ramble a little bit <laughs> so we decided to try something a little more structured see if this would um make for a better flowing podcast let us know what you think um so that we can uh improve the podcast overall in the long run so just wanted to put that note in there real quick before we got into the good stuff our fountains of wisdom never cease to flow <clears throat> oh gosh <laughs> yes it's going to be like this the entire rest of the podcast oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah we want to create more of a fire hose effect rather than hey here's some water gloosh there you go <laughs> more directed that's what we want that's a good way to describe it and yeah feel free to tell us uh what you like facebook comments shoot us messages any way you can get the word to us we appreciate it you guys are great okay so first question all right being a dm a dungeon master is a huge topic for you alec how how do you summarize being a dm that's actually a great question to start off with a dm the best thing that I could um, equate to a DM is the old-fashioned storytellers, the the old bards of the medieval eras that you know that we that we hear about. Because um, back in the day, everything was done with you know whenever there was entertainment, there was often someone who's up there telling a story. And even back during Stone Ages, people gathered around the fires to hear to hear the stories of the great heroes and the. Um, and the, the the gods and those that we that they believed were the superhumans that brought about light and justice to the world. DMing is kind of a modern version of that. It's a it's another form of storyteller. It's done in a very organized setting, like a game. It gives it some organization. But I think the best way to describe it is a modern day storyteller. That's awesome. Yeah, I I had some experiences around like campfire telling the stories as a scout. Uh, as a kid, but yeah, it's a bit of a lost art, but DMing, D&D, is giving it a bit of a, a resurgence in a way that that's easy to get to new people. Ah, oh, excited for you. It really is, and the thing is, we're losing, we've lost so much storytelling nowadays that I think that's a, that's a big reason why people are just latching on to D&D, &D because it 
because we are social creatures. No matter what anyone says, humans desire feeling like they're a part of a group and being social. The storytelling, the gathering together, that's just something that's kind of literally in our genetics. I mean, we've done it for thousands of years and we'll continue to do it for thousands more. And it, yeah, just it, it's something that's being lost because like a, a lot of movies are just rehashing the same things. Oh, a lot of books, <laughs> a lot of books even too are just, you know, borrowing concepts. And yes, even though D&D does borrow a lot, it still is um, original storytelling, but it also is a group storytelling. So it gets everyone involved. It's just, yeah, but yeah, modern day storyteller. Definitely. Okay, so that's our goal. That's what we want. Um, for people just coming up in the ranks, just wanting to step into a, a DM's shoes, what pitfalls have you seen? What are some of the common hang-ups that they run into? The common hang-ups that new DMs run into, specifically? Yep. Okay. Specifically new ones. Gotcha. Oh, oh, I've got loads of personal experience on this. <laughs> um, The biggest thing... When you're starting out as a DM, there's two things. One, you plan way too much. Mm -hmm. Sometimes as DMs, we get so scared, especially when we're starting out, we get so scared about, um, about uh, about the content, about the quests, about everything that we're, you know, about the entirety of the game. We get so hung up on all this stuff that we start to plan too much and then it becomes this overwhelming daunting creature that gets really difficult to maintain for example it let's use me for an example when i started dming i wanted to try and create a whole entire world from the get-go i really liked the idea i've always done world building i love world building it's something that i've enjoyed for a long time ever since i was younger we've covered that in previous episodes the problem though is then i started to kind of lose focus of what i wanted to do as a dm the kind of campaign i wanted to run i lost sight of what i was wanting to do with the party and that made it difficult for me to actually start it took me a while to actually get started but then one time one day i was watching pirates of the caribbean and that's what got me inspired to do the pirates campaign from that point on i decided wait a second i don't need to plan a whole world right now let's just make some islands and let's just have some fun on some islands maybe this won't go anywhere maybe this won't be part of the greater world i want to eventually build but let's just get started so i just created like i created a map of a bunch of islands but i only detailed like two like two tropical islands and i i went from there and that's what i started the campaign on and then everything else got built as time went on and it became a lot more manageable and i was a lot more confident now The second part, though, this is probably the most daunting, but there are a couple of ways around it. Know your rules. Uh You don't need to be a master of the rules. You don't need to, you know, you don't have to completely memorize the player's handbook and the DM's guide. They are physical books there for a reason for you to constantly refer back to. But make sure that either you have the experience in D&D or that you get familiar with a lot of the general rules and how a game should be played. If not, you're going to get lost really, really quickly when situations come up in game. It, it sounds like such an obvious thing, but 
it um it's something that even plagued me during the beginning of the campaign of when I first started is there was rules I didn't realize about it's like you know I didn't understand so I was like oh let me just make up a, a reason for this and then I'll look at it later when the rules would have actually made it a much more difficult or a much easier situation to get in to get out of okay so it, yeah so, it's so building yeah. off of that uh, how much do you think a, a new DM should get into him before uh, striking out and, and DMing a session? Are we talking, uh, you mentioned just being around D&D enough, like five, six sessions, or or reading the rule books? Is that just like a once through, through uh, the books? Or... <laughs> that's an interesting, <laughs> that's a fun question, actually, simply because um, I only probably played D&D for a total of, Oh, I don't know. Seven, eight sessions, maybe. What? Yeah, you. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I never um, knew when, that all the fetch. No, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, for those of you who don't know, for audience members, I'm talking to you straight for a second. Carl and I, before I started DMing, we were a part of my buddy, one of my buddies' campaigns, and that's how we kind of got to know each other. Mm-hmm. Carl couldn't play for very long in that campaign, unfortunately, but um he at least started off with it and that's how i got to know carl well in my that was my very first D campaign carl i don't know if you realize this i never uh-uh never in a million years i assumed you <laughs> grew up like breathing in the player's handbook from the cradle <laughs> i'm sorry to have fooled you no that was no, my first not at all. <laughs> that was my first time playing D. Okay, listeners, and, I hold Alec up as one of the best DMs that I've ever had the pleasure of running into. Don't listen tra- to him. Uh, listen to me. I've been traipsing across this universe playing with random groups for you know the past six, seven years oh of my, my life. Solid. So yeah, you don't need as much as you think you need often. And there definitely is some truth to that. Because like, like I said, with that campaign, we are, we didn't get to play as much as we wanted. We probably only did... <sighs> like eight actual sessions of gameplay during that time during that semester which a semester at our school is only about three and a half months um so i only had you know not even three and a half months of play under my belt before i decided hey i want to dm i want to get started so really you could start dming from the beginning if you as a player any of you guys out there who are interested in dming if you want to dm just go do it just make sure that you're that you adequately prepare. And there's a couple of different ways I recommend doing that to anyone who's ever interested. But a big one, probably the thing that helped me the most was to watch, was to either play D&D or, which is what mostly I did, watch D&D be played. I mean, we've you know, we've talked about uh, the show Critical Role over and over again on this um, on this podcast, but that's how I learned actually by watching Matt Mercer and his group of voice actors play D anD. d I saw all these different scenarios and all these different situations and how Matt Mercer handles those. He also is what um, watching him is also what gave me my own spin on doing like the voice acting and all that kind of stuff for characters and NPCs. And that's what really helped me get to know the rules without having to just do a ton of book study. I still read the book. I still read the books and I still read the books. But if especially if you're a visual person like I am 
watch shows like Critical Role. There's also another one called Maze Arcana, which for the for you ladies out there, that's pretty much an all female cast of D and D players. You can find them on Twitch. Critical Role you can find on YouTube. They've got their entire campaign list on YouTube. Just go watch. Um, it's a great way to it's a great way to learn for those of you who are audio, uh, visual and audio guys like I am. I really like what you're getting out there of just building a database of putting in, okay, the DM runs into this situation. This is how he runs the rules. This is how he, he keeps the monsters rolling even while he's trying to figure out something something on the side. That's good. It's good. Alrighty, so getting down into a bit more of the nitty-gritty uh, rather than the, the broad stuff, when should a DM call for a dice roll and when should he just use his own common sense? Uh, the age-old question. That is something that DMs actually will literally debate about. <laughs> uh, it really depends. It, it depends on your style and how much you want to give fate a role in your games. There are some DMs out there um, that I've played with that what they, what, like, if someone is a top of the line archer, if they are an expert archer and they go to a festival and at this festival, there's a archery range where they can shoot to get coin, um, you know, and potentially win the competition and be, you know, like the, just the standard jolly good Robin Hood. None of the hour. Some some DMs, because of some of these DMs that I've known, instead of having the guy roll at all, they will just simply, oh yeah, you shoot, you hit, you win, or you know, or um, like for the like as long as the like if the target's only fifty feet away, top of the line archer isn't going to miss that. At least theoretically, isn't going to miss that. So they'll just say, oh, you just pass, you're fine. But they and then they won't start implementing roles until the distance gets longer, until the until things get, you know, much more more tense. intense. Yeah, much more intense. So and I can respect that in a way, you know, I respect acknowledging to the players, hey, your character is a is a master of this skill. So he should be, you know, he you it shouldn't punish you for you know we shouldn't allow you to potentially fall because of this but at the same time i personally as a dm always respect the idea of fate that there are things that could be that just things happen in our lives that we cannot anticipate uh-huh. and i view the dice rolls the same way in dnd almost any time whenever my players want to do a specific action uh, I have them roll for something simply because fate w- is always going to throw in wrenches and I want that to be represented in my games. Now there are some times where I'll just be like, you know, if they're crossing a tiny little stream and they don't want to get their foot wet and it, you know, their feet wet and it's only like two feet across, I'm not going to have them roll an acrobatics roll for, you know, stepping across a two foot, you know, Mm-hmm. a small stream like that but um but i still i still want fate to be respected because some of the funniest moments in the game for me personally <laughs> is when someone who's supposed to be this great charismatic figure he's got a score of charisma of 20 he's just this james bond like suave person 
personality, tries to go up and swoon a few ladies, but absolutely fails. Those are some of the funniest moments in the entire game. So I say personally, have them roll as much as possible. It makes the game so much more unpredictable. It can make for a lot of fun moments and it makes your players really respect the the luck of the dice, the fate of the dice. You're not always going to succeed everything you do. Yeah, it definitely ramps up the tension that they know success or failure is possible in almost anything that they're going to attempt. And yeah, I think it's also realistic that, you know, James Bond gets knocked on his rear end by a woman every now and then just because we're human. So, uh, another nitty-gritty rule for you. Uh, minis or not minis, when do you use them? When do they get in the way? Oh, gosh, another good question. You've got all the good ones. Um, Really, it again, it depends a lot on your style as a DM. Now, from my personal point of view, I think when you're doing combat in like theater of mind, it, it can actually be really, really fun when you're just doing it with your imagination with no minis but the problem is is that there's a lot of rules in the game that rely on the distances between players and the monsters they rely on different terrains you know exactly and um you can do that all in your imagination but that can get really difficult to try to just keep that all in mind so my rules essentially are i don't do any kind of minis or maps or anything like that when the players are just going around town or are you know doing general role play stuff i think that gets a little too much uh-huh. it gets yeah. a little too pardon the expression but it gets a little too anal i think sometimes when you just when you're always relying on the minis especially when you're just in town talking to people i mean i know some players do that more power to them but i just think it's a little too much because those situations don't call for it i usually just leave the minis out until combat starts and then is when i'll bring in my map that is when i'll bring in the minis for the players for the enemies because then it can because then it allows the players to strategize their moves a little bit more and it also keeps them honest uh a little bit more when you can when you can actually measure out oh you're actually only 30 feet I mean, you're only 20 feet away from an enemy instead of 30 feet away like the spell needs. So are you ever going to have a combat when you don't use minis? And what would that look like? Occasionally I do, especially if it's like a surprise encounter that I don't have a set map for. Yeah. A good tip A good tip, DMs is if you want to be able to have tools at your disposal, just have like a list of different combat scenarios that you that are just right there at your fingertips. And if you feel like that there's something a little too slow or you think this might be a good situation for a fight, then just randomly roll in the monsters. And then in those kind of situations, I'm probably not going to have a map prepared. So I'll just do it theater of mind. It's not a big deal to, do, to use it every once in a while. Okay, sounds good. So advice for... for- dms that are just feeling overwhelmed right now what can they do to make their work lighter uh cut back whatever you're doing just take a step back and just look at the things that are fluff that you just don't need to worry about right now um basically all that you need to worry about when you're planning a campaign is locations monsters 
and NPCs. If you want to have more stuff prepared, like a list of items that they could potentially buy or, you know, in certain stores, you know, and, and just have some more stuff prepared, that's fine. But if you're getting overwhelmed, then that's probably a good indication that you're just taking on too much all at once. Just take a step back and focus on the core fundamental aspects of the party. Because a lot of the game is just, like we've mentioned before, a lot of DMing is going to be a lot of improvisation. So you can't plan for everything. Leave that space open. That's going to be a veritable gold mine of amazing moments that your players get to tell instead of you. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, just take a step back, look at what you've got and just see, okay, I don't need to worry about this NPC. He might be interesting and this whole side quest might be interesting, but that's too much because I've got to plan an entire new area or I've got to plan an entire dungeon to go with that. Just drop that for a second. Leave it there as a potential option. Don't get rid of it completely, but just drop it for a second and then go back and focus on the actual quest at hand. What are your what is your party actually doing? What is their focus? And then like I said earlier, plan your basic locations, some NPCs and then the encounters that they have to deal with. Those those are your primary things you have to worry about. Everything else, put it as side notes, plan it later when your lo- uh, load gets a little lighter, or just let improvisation take its course. It's going to happen. Embrace the improvisation, and it really can be some of the best moments of the game. So just, just let it happen. Don't be afraid of letting those empty spaces happen. True that. That's sage, sage advice. Um, this is especially important when... You know, if you're playing every week, burnout for DMs can be very, very real. So, yeah, locations, NPCs, monsters. Indeed. Alrighty, I think we've given them everything that they deserve and more. (laughs) And hopefully their brains aren't busting. (laughs) I don't know if I gave them that much to burst their brains, but I I hope you guys, you DMs out there, realize that that DMing is a very fun and rewarding experience. If you haven't experienced it already, just make sure you enjoy it that's the biggest that if i can leave you guys with one last thing just make sure you enjoy it because it's a it's a game it's supposed to be fun take it seriously but don't take it too seriously because then you're just going to get mad at yourself mad at your content mad at your players just make sure you're having fun i think it's time for us to say goodbye (laughs) all right well thanks again everyone for listening it's been fun and again let us know if you like this new format And we will catch you guys next time on Nerdites. Woo!